I've come around. Box Lux is good. No, uh, Dylan, it's not. It's not. Box Stop. Lux is actually good. It's not. It's so bad. It took me three times to watch it because oh I kept falling God. asleep. It's but... not good. The best part of the movie is when Natalie Portman has her fucking temper tantrum and she goes, I just want people to treat me like I'm a normal person. It's iconic. It, it's that so good. scene is so good. And out came talk. 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 <laughs> Hello, hi. Hi. Hi, we're here. We're underneath the Trans Am right now, recording live. Underneath that's the a, that's the car, right? It's a Trans Am? What? That 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 the the prison that the, the the fucking well is under, right? That the pit? Oh, the car. The movie that we just watched. Like the, yeah, that's it. Oh, girl, I don't know anything about cars, bitch. I think it's a Trans Am. I, I know what an RV is. That's important in this film. <laughs> I know what a car is. Like I know what a car, like a you've vehicle. you've seen you, like four wheels and engine and yeah, uh, tires, yeah. yeah, with maybe like two um, doors or four doors. You know, it can be mm-hmm. one or the other. I think this was a four door. I, I, I think it was a Trans Am, but your two doors. <laughs> Wait, what? I'm pretty sure it's a Trans Am. Well, maybe I should have rewatched the movie. <laughs> it's truly unimportant to the it's, movie. It's like what Madonna said to Diablo Cody when they were writing the Madonna screenplay. These details are important. These details are important while she's eating almonds. Yes, they are. Did you see that? <laughs> I have not seen it. I can't I don't want to imagine um this is gonna sound very mean, but I don't want to imagine Madonna's current day face eating almonds. Oh, it's scary. It's our That's <laughs> It's like mama, this is this is gotta improve. It's like doing the opposite shit. of like, buckle this fat is... removal. <laughs> yeah, the, Madonna's getting all the buckle fat. She's getting uh, everyone's buckle, like Kylie's buckle fat. <laughs> she's got Naomi's buckle fat. She's got Casey she's Musgraves' just... buckle fat. Miley's mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> buckle fat. She's got it all, baby. Yeah. Oh, Madonna. She's Madonna will outlive us all. She's gonna be the one who has the first contact. Truly. And um, but. Welcome to the podcast, Straight People Movies. It's a podcast where we two gays get together, we watch a movie made for straight people, and we ask the question, what have you done with my daughter? What have you done with my daughter? What have you done with my daughter? Where are they? Da, 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 da. Where are they? Da. They were in the RV. Uh, I mean, I'm sure someone went, why? In that movie. Why? Know, I'm sure someone went, why? <laughs> I love... Uh, being on some sort of neurodivergent spectrum because I'm watching this incredibly devastating movie and two minutes into it, I text Kirk, ooh, it opens with Put Your Hand in the Hand, one of my favorite songs. I love it. You're like, this is a vibe. (laughs) You're like, Put Your Hand in the Hand by Ocean? What a slay. What a slay. Um, My name is Dylan Garcia. Oh, and I'm Kirk Van Sickle. Okay, now we go. Yeah. (laughs) I'm Detective Loki. Oh, you get to be Detective Loki? Okay, fine. I'll be. I'm Paul Dano. <laughs> I'm Alyssa Leo. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you are. <laughs> you know I am. That is gonna make me when I grow up as Melissa Leo, completely unchanged. <laughs> um, yes, but we're here. We're not talking about a movie related to anything that's out right now. We're just doing a loosey goosey. Yeah, doing... we just saw that everyone was like watching it for some reason. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like I watched it for summer. I watched it for the first time a couple weeks ago. Dylan had never seen it either, right? Was your first um, so I had seen it. Um, I had seen bits and pieces of it from working at the draft house. So I've seen the same thirty minutes, probably about fifty times. Gotcha. Which, which but section I of seen the all film the way are, we, are we just talking about here? Like the end? So I've seen the end a lot. I was like, man, what the fuck is this whistle about? I don't understand it. Um, I saw all the like the maze. St- I remember the maze stuff. Like uh, David, whatever his name is, with the long name, uh, drawn the mazes. Mm, the one that was um, on Shudder's 100 oh, scariest movie moments. Yeah. Uh, you know he's not a faggot? What? He is not a faggot. Oh, no. He is married Ooh. to a woman and has kids. Ooh, I'm scared for... I know. For, <laughs> I don't know about that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, there you have it. David Das Malchian. Yeah. He, he, yeah, you know when he shows up, that like the movie's a, a little creepy. It's a little spooky now. A little spooky. 
little spooky. But yeah, um, yeah we, 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 were, we were watching because everyone decided to watch it. All of us decided to be fucking psychos and watch this like very disturbing, <laughs> dark, sad, very tortured movie. No joy in this movie. There's no, no laugh none. lines. There's nothing fun in this movie. It's Even darkness. Even the part where they're like, we're like Terrence Howard's playing the saxophone. You're just like, I feel a mm-hmm. sense of terror um, yeah. lingering and lurking underneath the scene. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, he can't play it. He's really bad at He's it. He's really bad at this. Yeah. Look, I don't understand. If, I'm trying to think of like what an equivalent. It'd be like if I was at a party with some people like hosting a party and we just ate dinner and we're having our drinks, gather around the couch. And then I was like, I'm going to do some improv for y'all. Give me a suggestion. Yeah, yeah. It's like you got up and you did like a really bad Christine Baronsky impression. <laughs> but like kept going. <laughs> And you're like, come on, give me a scene. Give me a scene of Christine. And don't do do not do the mayor of Whoville's wife again. Come on, something else. Something else, everyone. <laughs> Did I hear Mama Mia, here we go again? Did I hear that from the back? Okay, I guess I'll do her walk-on scene in that. Uh, all right, let's go. And the lights come up. Um, <laughs> but no, this week we watched Prisoners. And it's like, they're prisoners mentally, of the mind. emotionally. And there's like physical ones, too. The yeah, there are at least two different cells. Three different cells, I'd say. There's a lot of cells. There's a, there's a, a lot, lot of, cells. of enclosed <laughs> spaces in mm-hmm. this film. A lot of darkness. A lot of screaming. A lot of darkness. Mm-hmm. And, a lot of rain, a lot of snow, a lot yeah, of rain it, and snow. Y'all, based on Mayor of Easttown and this movie, why would anyone in their right mind want to live in Pennsylvania? For real. I'm so sorry to all the folks from Pennsylvania, but it really does not seem like a nice place to live. I'm going to Pennsylvania in a couple weeks. Am I going to get prisonered? You're going to get prisonered. Oh, my God. You're going to be force-fed like a black acid goo. And, <laughs> and what is it that snakes. they drink? Am I? So I was sober while watching this movie, and I still don't think I quite understand like what the fuck was going on down there. <laughs> like in, in the pit I, what do the mazes have to do with anything like they weren't in a maze he opened she opened up the room and sorry spoilers everyone she opened melissa leo opens up the room and they're just dead ass in a room i'm like like the whole movie i was like oh there is some sort of like labyrinthian underground <laughs> maze thing that. they have to like find your way out of on drugs and no they're just in a room on acid. they're in a room they're in the house i guess and i didn't even know they were on acid until i read the wiki yeah. Did you yeah, get there's a lot of um, acid? I didn't get that either. I had yeah. to do some supplementary reading. Uh yeah. which honestly I think that's it's a cool vibe. I like I like a movie where it's just like a vibe. You said you I love movies that make children force feed children acid, like climax prisoners. Oh my god. Doing uh. God's work. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see Climax it's on Paramount Plus? God, I will never, ever, 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 ever Ever, ever, ever watch that movie again. <laughs> um, let's go ahead and get our, what's that plot synopsis, just in case oh, yeah, people haven't, yeah. are so listening prisoners. to this and haven't seen Prisoners. So yeah, so in case you didn't get it uh, from what we've already discussed, you know, we're watching Prisoners. <laughs> it's the 2013 Denis <laughs> film starring Hugh Jackman, Jake Gyllenhaal, Paul Dano, Viola Davis, and Melissa for your consideration, Leo. I love her. I mean, we hate her, but we 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 love her. She's an icon. She's a she's a terrible actress, but she's so iconic. <laughs> she's yeah. It's so funny how like it's like if you're like looking for like a kind of ugly middle aged woman that's in a small town somewhere in America. It could be mm-hmm. New England. It could be Middle America. It could be the South. It's like get Melissa Leo on the job. <laughs> you know she's she, and she'll, she'll do it. And she'll she'll do have anything. a haircut. She'll have a haircut. <laughs> Oh, yeah, you, you walk into that wig closet, and it's just full of just, like, yeah, ashy-toned brunette bobs. I feel like she shares, like, a, a wig closet with Cola Scola. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the plot of Prisoners is, after two young girls go missing, the father of one of them takes justice in his own hands. And when we say, in his own hands, mama... <laughs> We mean his hands, his feet. He's doing everything he's to poor Paltana. Pussy into bringing justice. <laughs> um, also, there are characters in this movie named Loki and Alex Jones. <laughs> yep, you can tell that uh, Denis Villeneuve is a Canadian and B an alien because he, the way he writes his characters. Yeah, actually, I think this is written by another dude. It is this written is by written... another dude, but I'm sure Denis was like, 
You know, it would be really cool. I'll allow it. If you name a character Loki, because he's like the angel of whatever. I don't know anything <laughs> about mythology. He's the god um, of mischief. He's the god of mischief. <laughs> and uh, it's currently available to stream on Netflix, where it was number one a couple weeks ago, just in time for the Christmas season. Y'all thought, you know mm-hmm. what? You know what's really going to get me into the Christmas spirit? Watching children being kidnapped. <laughs> uh, well, this is a Thanksgiving movie, technically. Oh, yeah, because they get kidnapped on Thanksgiving, right? Yeah, they get kidnapped on Thanksgiving. So put this in the canon with, you know, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles pieces and of Pieces April. of April. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, and, <laughs> and Prisoners. All right. Uh, so, Dylan, what did we think of Miss Prisoners? I thought she was cool. I love it. I love <laughs> I was, it. I was, it's so mid-90s. Like, it reminded me a lot of Seven. Yeah. Just like a, just a mean, kind of confusing, just not... Just not soulless. It has a soul, it's just a dark soul. Just like sure. humorless, very hateful, very just upset movie. And I was like, here for it. Don't make them like this anymore. Don't make That's like why I loved too. Malignant so much because I feel like it takes that and then pushes it so far that it comes back around and it becomes a comedy. Yeah, it's comedy. And Prisoners is like not anywhere near on that comedy level. But like I do appreciate like we talked about how me and you, I feel like our generation of gays, we really love our like really sad, fucked up like early two thousands dramas and thrillers. I feel like Prisoners like brought it back for like two seconds in twenty thirteen. Oh yeah, and it's no. Well, I thought that. So whenever I was watching it in the beginning, uh, Alex had watched in, and he was it was the scene in the very very beginning where they're driving to the to Viola Davis's house, and Dylan Minnette's in there, and. I was like, oh, is that Dylan Minnette? And I was like, it can't be. And like, no, I don't think so. And then I looked up and it was him. And then I was like, this movie, I thought this movie came out in 2007. Like, it feels like so that time. And I was like, 2013? What is it with Hugh Jackman and movies we do on this podcast that come out way later than I thought they did? Because oh, it's happened totally. also with Logan. Totally. Yeah, Logan felt like a movie that came out a decade prior. Prisoners feels like a movie that came out in 2007 and got nominated for a bunch of Oscars. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's really crazy that this movie literally only got nominated for Best Cinematography. Yeah, and it's is it Roger Deakins' last nomination before he wins? Maybe. I think, so like, I think we're going to talk about it a little later on, but like this, I think, this movie has like a cult following, and we'll get into it, but like, Roger Deakins not winning an Oscar was like as soon as, so Roger no he had been not, he got nominated again for uh, for Sicario and then won for Blade Runner later on, uh, but this was one of the last ones. But yeah, there was this Roger Deakins he was like the cinematographer version of you know Diane Warren or yeah what's the um, what's the soap opera actress or Leo, um, where people just didn't win and yeah. This movie, like, I thought the cinematography was, like, good. It didn't feel, like, very Roger Deakins-y to me. (laughs) No, I don't think the cinematography really, like, stuck out to me. No. I I mean, this movie is definitely, like, like an acting showcase Mm -hmm. and, like, a tone showcase. Like, I feel like it's, like, a not-as-good Zodiac kind of yes like i think it's it's the working man zodiac yeah because zodiac actually like cinematography mama like Mm -hmm. but like this movie it's just more like i think for me like the only thing i can really like compare prisoners to ironically enough not that there's like not a lot of like crime thrillers that are centered around like a mystery because there's plenty of movies like that but this feels more in line with like the our, our like obsession with true crime like i feel like yes and we even got a chance to talk about that on the on the pod which is so crazy to me because i feel like true crime has really taken over as like a straight people's activity in the last 10 years or so mm-hmm. and i feel like prisoners to me like what i liked about it is like you know i've seen true detective i've seen mayor of east town there's Always, every year, there's, like, a new miniseries that's, like, centered around a mystery. I actually feel like mm-hmm. Prisoners, for me, like, was probably the best example of, like, doing that sort of thing really well. For me, personally. Yeah. I would say it's probably the last movie, like, mainstream big movie that I think is kind of, like, our old model of how we approach crime that's, like, a more uh, family-oriented. Like, I'm, I'm talking about crimes that aren't, like, ser- like like a serial killer or like right like gang crime or like like high level like high concept crime but more this is more like a grounded crime that happens yeah and like, i think like a lot of people's like reaction is vigilanteism and kind of that and then you have 
Serial, which was in 2015, the podcast. And then I think that was a big turning point in how we perceive time, we perceive crime rather as like an activity that we don't partake in itself, but watch from afar. Totally. I, I Crime is such an interesting genre, and I used to not really think of myself as, like, a crime girl. I do consider it to be one of the more straight genres. But mm. there are a lot of subgenres of crime movies, which I never – it's like you've got, like, the heist movie, and then you've got, like, the mm-hmm. police movie, and then you've got, like, the detective movie, which is where this would kind of fall under for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and But gangster movies fall under crime, and I feel like that's what I used to associate with crime movies is, like, a gangster movie. But now mm-hmm. I feel like most people, when they hear the word crime, they're probably thinking of something more like prisoners. Um, yeah. Because I do think that we are more interested in, like, you know, these kinds of, like, small town, weird. Person like, next door. Uh, like, someone gets kidnapped. Like, just a random child or uh, or girl or whatever. Like, it's not, like, a city. It's not a city thing. I think that is the difference, right? Is mm-hmm. we... I think for decades, crime thrillers were associated with, like, New York, Chicago, L.A., right? Yeah. And now I feel like crime movies are, like, small towns in Louisiana, small towns in Pennsylvania, yada, 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 yada. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Oh, sorry. Um, yeah, I, well, with my, my main thing, when I think of crime in terms of, like, media, like, what kind of crime media that I consumed, growing up, I would probably associate mostly with 2020, and Dateline and 48 Hours. And that was kind of how I approached crime. And I think that there's some, I feel like we've come back to that. Like we're in a weird, like 20, everything is 20 years nostalgia cycle, right? Right. But the nostalgia for 2020 and those kind of like stories about people, you know, falling down wells and shit has just turned into podcasts now. You're right, because I didn't grow up in a family that was interested in this sort of stuff. So I don't mm-hmm. have the nostalgic <clears throat> connection to, like, crime or, like, kidnappings or, like, murder. Like, we just didn't mm-hmm. watch that kind of stuff growing up. But I do agree that there was it had a heyday in, like, the late 90s, early 2000s. And then it kind of mm-hmm. died off a little bit. And now I feel like I we're think, like, fully back into it again. Yeah, because, like, I mean, like, 9-11 became, like, this big focus. And, like, crime became this thing where it's, like, the only crime was terrorism. Right. And then it, in, like, horror movies, I guess, like, the other kind of big thing about crime would be was, like, that was, like, torture porn stuff, which was more, like, a lot of stuff was, like, high level. Like, it wasn't, like, one dude just killing someone just because it was crazy random. It was, it's always, like, here's a syndicate of people or, like, here's, like, a, a plan. Crime was, you know, this thing that was this, was this plan that was very... Um, articulated and planned out and saw and wasn't like a random thing. Right. And I feel like Prisoners is like right in the middle of both. It is right in the middle of both because what's cool about Prisoners and why I like it a lot and why I think it kind of flips a lot of this genre on its head. It's really funny because I feel like I spoke to some people about the film that were like, yeah, it's good. Um, But they weren't like, I don't think it's like anything like that special or whatever. But I was like, but what's cool about Prisoners is it punishes the vigilante. Mm -hmm. Which I thought was so cool. Because I don't feel like, it was almost like the most like anti, it was like anti-American almost. Because I feel like most American crime movies are all about someone like Hugh Jackman's character taking the law into his own hands and actually like kicking ass and taking names. And that's what we as an audience love to see, right? It's like, yeah, fuck the police, fuck the government, like it's about the every man, right? Like, yeah, you know, well, it's like, if you want to like, if, if you want to like lay a like nine 11 metaphor over it, it's like, if the, yeah, the kidnapping of the children was like nine 11, it would be like if Hugh Jackman just went and like did a hate crime basically. Yeah. Like, like it he was just like, like killed a bunch of Muslim people or like start torturing yeah. Muslim people because it's like their fault. Right. Exactly. And the movie, he is connected so... it in his head and yeah, I love it. I think it's brilliant. And I think it's so crazy because Jake Gyllenhaal's character, can we talk about how good Jake is in this movie? Because I think it's He's one of his best performances ever. He's very good in this. Yeah, I think this might be his best performance because Jake is one of those interesting actors where, like, he is good in like your Nightcrawlers or whatever. But I feel like when he's like playing it a little bit more low key, he really slays. I like that pun. <laughs> what? Oh, low key. He, ah! he's low key. I didn't do that on purpose, bitch. <laughs> I didn't do that on purpose. But yeah, I just love that, like. It, they would have saved the girls faster if Hugh Jackman didn't get in the way. 
he mm-hmm. actually steers Jake Gyllenhaal's character off of the path because yeah. of his actions. Like all of his like bullshit and everything that he does is fully a full distraction from the actual like solving of this crime. And I thought that was mm-hmm. so smart. Like it was like to me, like Hugh Jackman's character is a really flawed character in the movie does not waste any time letting you know that. Like at first you're kind of with them, but throughout the film you're kind of like the other characters and are like, "Oh no, like what are you doing, dude?" I never feel like I never feel sympathetic for him. I feel empathetic for him. Yeah. But I never feel sympathy for him because he like immediately goes crazy and like and I'm kind of I mean like I'm not glad I never like seeing it, but it's all, but like it's I think a good choice that Denis makes to like very deliberately and with very long shots and never cutting away, they show Paul Dano a yeah. lot. And, like, yes. the pain that's inflicted on him. And so I think that's... Because I think a regular movie, like, would, like, keep it in shadow. But, like, you get to see, like, the, the actual direct results of Hugh Jackman's, like, destruction. Yes. And it really makes you turn. Not turn. I, don't, I never, like, turn on Hugh Jackman. But I never, like... I'm always like, I just want those girls to get out of there, but I like, I don't want Hugh Jackman to like feel good about it. Well, what's smart too about the movie, you know, uh, something I always think about a lot is, uh, you know, our 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 the poet of our times, Fiona Apple, um, mm-hmm. does have a really amazing song on her uh, last album, "Fetch the Bolt Cutters," called "Relay," about evil yeah, being passed so uh, on to people, right? Evil is uh, a relay. <laughs> and I think that Prisoners is a really great example of that kind of idea. Which is like, you know, it's not like Paul Dano's character is like innocent, right? Like there's a really amazing sequence where they show him like torturing that dog, mm-hmm. which gives kind of the, the audience and Hugh Jackman this kind of like, oh no, like this guy is like fucking sadistic. Obviously he has something to do with the kidnappings, which he ends up sort of having something to do with it. It's such a brilliant twist. Um, mm-hmm. Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. If you don't want spoilers for prisoners, like just you shouldn't be listening to this episode. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like, I think it's really brilliant that when they reveal that he's actually a victim uh, of this exact mm-hmm. same thing that's been going on in the film, and it's like so much easier to sympathize with these little girls, obviously, because they're kids. But then you got this adult man who's been stunted emotionally and mentally by what has happened, is still like tortured every single, and then and then uh, on top of all that, Hugh Jackman beats the fucking shit out of him the whole movie. Mm-hmm. It's just so pours like, boiling like, water on him. I every thought it was gut wrenching that reveal. I was like, holy mm-hmm. fucking shit! Like this movie is it's, cruel, but in a way that makes the audience go like, fuck. Like I, you almost feel yeah. complicit in the movie. Like you feel complicit mm-hmm. as the viewer. You're like, oh shit! Like I like kind of wanted. Like, you get annoyed with Paul Dano for not saying anything. Like, you're, like, with you. You're, like, fucking say something, dude. Say anything. Anything. But it's, like, no, he, like, literally he is, like, <laughs> mentally, like, like, fucked up. Like, it's, like, he can't. And it's so crazy to me. And it's I so loved good. it. I just thought it was so good. And, yeah, fucking Hugh Jackman ends up in a fucking hole at the end of the movie. <laughs> and it's, like, so. Blowing that whistle. Like, mama, like, let's just talk about, like, writing. It's like, girl, like, literally a whole of his own making. Like, the movie yep. does not like, <laughs> try to, like, walk around that metaphor, you know? <laughs> do you think he gets found? I do. Um, I don't like that because, you know, as a 2000s heavy-handed dark art film girl, um, I love a hopeless ending. But same. Loki's character, one of the traits that he has, and something that's uh, said a lot throughout the film is that he's never like he's solved every single thing he's ever done. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do think that the whistle bit at the end, we're supposed to kind of like assume that he's like maybe gonna find him. Um, but he's gonna be fucked up like literally forever, and probably also go to jail. Mm. Like whatever Hugh Jackman's life is going to be after he gets out of that hole is like. Maybe, like, a click less worse than death. Well, I think, that, again, the movie's so brilliant, too, because, you know, Maria Bello, who's given nothing to do in this movie, but she slays nope. anyway. Um, she says at the end to Loki, like, you know, I know that he did all this, like, fucked up shit. I know that he beat up Paul Dano, whatever. But, like, he's a good man. And mm-hmm. I felt like that scene was really, like, revealing to me. Because it, it was kind of delusional. Like, I was like, mm-hmm. like, but Paul Dano's just, like, your own child. Like, how can you not see that? You know, mm-hmm. and it made me realize, like, wow, like the like Hugh Jackman, like that family, their biggest flaw is that they're so selfish and so self-involved. Like even the part where they find Viola Davis's daughter, mm-hmm. they care more about my getting 
I mean, I get it. Don't get me wrong. Like, it's their own fucking yeah. kid. But at the same time, like, the way they treat her in that scene is, like, really disturbing. Because it's like, mm-hmm. this is like a fucking girl who was also just kidnapped and tortured. And, like, you're yeah. not even giving her a second to fucking breathe, mama. Yeah, she's, like, literally asleep. Like, <laughs> let, like, let like her. shaking her awake. Like, tell us where she is. It's like, girl. <laughs> like, like, so selfish. Um, and not able to see the big picture. And I think that that is, like, Hugh Jackman's flaw. It's that tunnel vision, right? And it it becomes less about finding his daughter and more about just like proving himself or something. It's like the man's folly, isn't it? You know, that's why I like the movie. I feel like it's steeped in all sorts of those kinds of like male archetypes and shit like that. And I feel like it really turns it all on its head. It like goes in a direction that movies like this don't go in usually. It like punishes like the it punishes masculinity and like blind rage, which I think is so cool. Um, yeah, fuck yeah, this movie rules. I'm sorry. I, yeah, I Prisoners like, is incredible. As I'm talking about it and ranting about it, I'm like, wow, is it a four and a half? Like, I think it's a four and a half. I give it a four. I think it's a four and a half. <laughs> it's crazy because it's like, so, so Denis Villeneuve, the director of this, he did, so this is only, this is his follow-up of Ensemble's, which was like uh, a big breakout for him. I'm, that's the one I haven't it's seen. It's the only film by him I haven't seen other than Dune. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, Dune's so fucking good. Um, but he, so this is his immediately followed to Ensemble. He got the Oscar nomination for Ensemble in like uh, foreign language, and he followed up with two movies in 2013. This and Enemy, which Enemy is I Enemy hate is Enemy. Bleh. It's so funny because you you'd think that like if you met anyone that knows me would like think of me as more of like an Enemy boy because I love mm-hmm. like a surreal film. But like I just thought that that movie is yellow, Mama. Like. <laughs> yeah. That movie is yellow, Mama. It's so mm-hmm. ugly. It's such an ugly movie. Okay. Before I get back into Denis, I, w- I want to pause real quick. I saw Women Talking on Ooh. Saturday, which adored. Incredible. So fucking good. Um, I'll talk about it tomorrow at Movie Club. Um, but it is green. The movie is green. It looks like early 2000s color correction. Like, it's full on, oh, brother, where art thou, but green. And you know the the Crystal Cass's album that we're not supposed to listen to? You know the cover of that? Oh, the one with the children on the swings? Yes. A lot of the times I was like, man, Sarah Polly is just ripping directly off of that album cover because it looks so a lot. I do. S- I will say I love that kind of style of saturation. Um, yeah. Like, I am a sucker for that style of thing. You might like it. It just looks It looks real weird. It's also It's also only in eight theaters right now, which is real strange. Well, like, even, you know, like, whenever shit's in micro-release, it never comes here. You know? That's the thing. It was so, oh my god, there's, there's a scene in this movie, I don't want to like spoil what it is, but I'll, I'll just vaguely say there's a scene where just someone gently apologizes to someone for something, and I started sobbing, just, and like, thinking about it, it makes me cry again. Yeah, you like, literally said, wow, like, apologizing, like, I know. <laughs> what a concept. <laughs> I know, who, who would have thought? Um, but, so then he did, he did Enemy, which is blit, but then he did Sicario, which Sicario, great. I, I don't love Sicario, but I like Sicario. Sicario rips. It, it, what a, I, what a I cool movie. I do have a thing about movies set in Mexico that do the, the filter. You know what I'm talking about. The, you know, the, the, They're like, we're orange. in Mexico filter. Yep. <laughs> and it definitely does that. Um, the sun is 10 feet away from us I, in Mexico. We have a different so sun here. interesting. Denis was such a, like, I, one of my things I like about him, especially his older films, like Prisoners and Sicario, is like, he is not afraid to get cruel with it, which I like really mm-hmm. appreciate. Um, he like, he like w- waves the moral wand, whatever you want to fucking call it. He puts mm-hmm. a hammer down, I guess on his characters. He doesn't like let them get by unscathed. Mm-hmm. And I, one of the things I liked about Sicario a lot is like Benicio del Toro's. The only thing I remember about this movie is that Benicio del Toro's character wants revenge on like a, like a cartel mob boss. Right. And he fucking yes. kills his whole fucking family in that movie. Incredible. And <laughs> you weirdly, like, you feel so many emotions during that scene because you're kind of like, yeah, fuck yeah. Like, yeah, that's, they deserve this. But then you're also kind of like, oh, like, he just killed, like, a, some kids. Like, that's fucked up. Yeah. I don't know. Just Denise, like, does a thing with these movies that I find really, really smart and clever. Like, I feel like he kind of, like, he kind of gets your bloodlust going a little bit as an audience member, but then makes you go, mm-hmm. like, oh. Like that's yeah. bad. <laughs> like well, the thing I is, shouldn't feel that way. It's crazy. He has this this run of movies like that, and then Sicario is his last non sci fi movie. Right, because after Sicario, things get a little bit more. I mean, like Arrival. It's Arrival. Emotionally Blade painstaking, but not. 
hateful or cruel. No, it's still it's a. I honestly think that Prisoners and Arrival are almost like they're sister movies. But I feel like they're like I wouldn't. I would put them in a DJ mix. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, it works. They're, they're movies about, you know, just kind of, like, the, the pain of family and, like, loving your children and, like, how different people respond to it. Yeah, you could almost argue that Prisoners is, like, the masculine version of Arrival and vice versa. Yeah, I would say that. Yeah. And, of course, yeah. like, the women, like, Arrival is more hopeful because women rule. and Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> women talking. Yeah, women talking. Because women talking. 2022 Sarah Polly. Yeah. Yes. Um... But then, yeah, Blade Runner, Dune, and then Dune Two. I just, I'm, I hope he does make a non-sci-fi film soon because yeah, his I, non-sci-fi work is I great. Wanna, I want to see him make another Prisoners. I was like, yeah, I was really taken aback by how good this movie was. I like, I do think that this and Zodiac to me are like the best movies of that kind. Uh, yeah, of the last. I, like, I'd agree years. with that. Well, and I think it's good we bring that up because it's like this movie is. I said it earlier. It is has like a cult following. Um, specifically, I see it talked about a lot on Reddit. Now, like, when they the talk about it on Reddit, are they talking about the way we're talking about where they're really like breaking it down, mm. or is it they more love like, it? Oh. Like what? What's oh. what are the discussions like on Reddit? I think the discussion is more like it's just like harrowing, fucked up. Like oh. you wouldn't believe, like crazy ending. It is like it is kind of a straight interpretation, but like people like love it, and I I think it's pretty like I don't think unless you like look really incorrectly at this movie like cross-eyed or something it's kind of hard to take this movie like at a in bad faith yeah i think the movie doesn't really allow you to take hugh jackman's side that much or like you can like be on his side but you're you're on the other your foot's right out on the other side of the door you know what i mean (laughs) where you're like kind of uncomfortable like there's not like no one watches and goes man hugh jackman Cool dude, for making this movie. great decisions. Yeah, I love that he yeah. commits to breaking his uh uh sober sobriety, literally mm-hmm. to cover up his tracks from Jake Gyllenhaal <laughs> that he's torturing Paul Dano. Like, that was iconic. I was like, wow. Like, he literally was like, "This is my first drink of fifteen years," but we know as an audience member that he's like literally doing this just yeah. to like fake him out. Like, I'm like, wow. Um, <laughs> that is psychotic behavior. I hear for Truly it. Truly unhinged shit. <laughs> totally unhinged. Yeah. Maria Bello's in bed. Taking her pills. The whole movie. <laughs> oh my god! I do have to say that I had a really fun moment with this movie where I was watching it, and Jesus came in and he was like, you know, he was like wanting to talk about something, and I literally like paused it and went, "Baby, hurry up! Viola Davis is about to snot," because I could like feel it coming. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you know what I yes. mean? I was yes. ready, bitch. I was like, "Give me the Viola snot!" Yes. When and- Viola, when she comes to visit Paul Dano in the house, oh uh, my god! I knew it was oh coming. My god. And then she gives that ooh that monologue and the snot. Oh god! Mm. Viola Davis, top three best criers ever in film. Yep. She Ugh. slays every time, Mama. We need to get her a lead acting Oscar. Just, it's weird. Hers is for supporting. It's real weird. It is really weird. It is. I don't really like weird. it. It's really it's weird. weird. It's weird. What is with the Academy and snubbing Hugh Jackman? For real, what the fuck he's does only this been nominated for Les Mis. What the fuck does this man need to do? I don't. So, do you? Who do you think will get nominated, or who do you think will win an Oscar first? Hugh Jackman or Jake Gyllenhaal? I think Hugh Jackman. I think Jake's ship has sailed. Um, I think so too. If they weren't going to give him a nom even for a fucking like Nightcrawler, like I'm like, I don't know what this man needs to do to like yeah. get him. I think he's only been nominated one time, right? For Brokeback Mountain, and that's it. Mm hmm. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> I, I just feel like. I also think that no one likes Jake Gyllenhaal. He does seem like. An asshole. <laughs> like, he's an asshole. Like, it's proven. I've heard so many stories. He's, like, one of the rudest celebrities that Jesus has ever met. Like, I've heard so many horror stories about him, like, in restaurants, like, from people that serve him. Mm-hmm. Um, and other than Denis, I mean, what directors have worked with him, like, more than once? Uh, fucking Nightcrawler dude. Okay. Gilroy. Well, fine. So, two dudes wanted to work with him more than once. But yeah. I don't know. It just kind of, like, I don't know. I just feel like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. And like, I just like not. All he just... has coming, all he has coming up is he's in a movie called The Covenant, which is a Guy Ritchie movie. Ew. So it's a yeah post you know two thousand two Guy Ritchie movie. So take that as you will. And then the remake of Roadhouse. 
um, which is uh, being directed by Doug Lyman, which is hysterical. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Doug Lyman of Go? He did Go? Love Go? That. It's going to suck. Yeah, Doug Lyman, the director of Go. I've never seen Go um, all the way through. That's one of those on Oh, my God, it's so good. Sarah Polly. Um, yeah, he doesn't have much, but Hugh Jackman, on the other hand, what does he have coming up? I'm very curious to see. I feel like the Hugh Jackman's problem is the Amy Adams problem. It's the try-hard energy. Yeah, well, they're both very theatery. Yeah. So I feel like um, people just like don't. They're like they're almost like you want it too bad, so we don't want to give it to you. Oh, so no. Hugh has a, he has a Tony. Okay. Cute. And he won an Emmy, so he's halfway to the EGOT. But so. What does he have up next? Oh, all he has this year is The Sun, which I heard is just like the worst movie of all time. And then he's going to be in Deadpool 3, and that's it. Yikes. Yeah, well, he's doing The Music Man on Broadway right now, which I also heard is like not great. Well, I mean, um, yeah, The Music Man is just not a great musical, period. Yeah. <laughs> but the episode of The Simpsons based off of it is very good. See, I think um, Paul Dano is going to win an Oscar before either of them. Do. I fucking hope so. I hope he gets nominated for The Fablemans. I... He's so good in The Fablemans. So I got to the luxury of getting to see The Batman and Prisoners like back to back, which are fun because yeah. they're kind of like similar ish performances, but like not. Um, yeah, I think that Paul Dano is like the greatest actor of our generation, like male <laughs> actor. I of our age would group. agree. He's incredible. He's so good. And I feel like why I like him is he plays roles with, like, no sense of, like, ego. Like, it just feels very, like, I just feel like he, like, really loses himself in his roles. And he's very, like, mm-hmm. humble. And he just, like, really yeah. is just here. Like, you could just tell that he, like, loves acting. And, like, that's it. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I just really like him. Um, it's so funny because I remember when There Will Be Blood came out. He was, like, really young when he did that, I think. And people, mm-hmm. like, kind of clowned his performance. But I feel like as time's gone on, people have recognized that he's, like, fucking great in that movie. I think he goes toe to toe with DDL. And I think so too. Is incredible with it. I, get the get so, out of here ghost like part of that movie is like incredible. Incredible. I love him. So his I love his him. next stuff. He's gonna be in a movie uh, by Johan Renk, who uh, he's a Chernobyl guy, um, and he's also born the same day as me. Um, we have the same birthday, but he was born in the sixties. Uh, in a movie called Spaceman, um, which it's gonna be a it's gonna be a Netflix movie. So, but yeah, him, Adam Sandler, Carrie Mulligan, Isabella Rossellini. Ooh, interesting cast. And then he's gonna be in the new Craig Gillespie movie, Dumb Money. Craig Gillespie did Lars and the Real Girl, I Tanya, he did Cruella. So it could be either way. Like Cruella and I Tanya are both Academy Award winner movies. Right. Yeah, I don't know. But that's what's cool about Paul is it's, like, he would rather do, like, Swiss Army Man and, like, Okja than, like, do something that's actually going to win him an Oscar. Yeah. You know? So that's why and we then like if, him. I think if Kihi Kwan wasn't, like, running away with the Oscar this year, he would probably be my vote for supporting actor at the Oscars. Yeah, Kihi Kwan's definitely going to win the Oscar this year for sure. For yeah. sure, for Which sure, for sure. It's cool as hell. I think that's going to be the only Oscar that movie wins. Uh, See, but I, I can't wait to I think prove that, me wrong. that movie is going to... Are you afraid... Everyone's going into it thinking it's going to win everything, but you think it's just going to win Best Supporting Actor and then like the Fablemans or something will just get all the awards? Yep. That's exactly what I think is going to happen. Kind of weird that he's not going to probably get nominated for the Fablemans, it looks like. Um, It's... The nothing so I think tomorrow or no Wednesday is whenever the SAG noms come out oh. and then that's whenever we'll see stuff so the BAFTA long list is out and uh, let me see if he's on that yeah because Paul Dano is not on the long list for support yeah it didn't seem like at first people were like oh yeah Paul's got this in the bag but I feel like no like I think what's going to happen, though, is I think that Brendan Gleeson might, like, sneak in and, like, win the Oscar. And I actually... He's so good in that. I think that Banshees and Assurin could end up winning a lot, uh, too. I, well, that's the thing. There's another podcast to listen to, uh, the, the Big Picture, which is one of the podcasts we've been compared to in our award that we won. Um, um, but they did their, like, power rankings last week, and they were, like... They put Banshees as no, the number one movie they think is going to win Best Picture right now. I could see it because if you think about it, it's like the Fablemans is like divisive. Like I don't feel like everyone yeah. like, loved that movie and it really didn't make any kind of like, 
I don't feel like Megan has like, already made twice as much money as the Havens. Yeah, but I feel like people are still talking about the Banshees of Inisherin. It got on HBO Max. People are still talking about it. Like everyone mm-hmm. I've like seen online like likes it. Like no one dislikes that movie for the most part. Yeah, it's just like likable. So like Mark McDonough is like kind of like you know consistently been putting out good work. It just mm-hmm. kind of Colin Farrell like this could be his year finally. Like yeah, especially because I don't think Brendan Fraser is going to win now because of how bad the movie is. You know? you know what's gonna happen though? We're all missing the elephant in the room, and that's Elvis. Oh yeah, I started yeah. Elvis when I was like not feeling well a couple weeks ago. I couldn't get through <laughs> five minutes of it because it was making me nauseous. Because the opening scene of that movie is full on like <laughs> Floop is a madman, help us save us from Spy Kids. Like it's the most disorienting shit in the entire it world. It's so fucking crazy. And I know that Elvis was like gaudy, but it's just like the Great Gatsby adaptation where I'm like, but this isn't like what. No, like Boz. No, <laughs> this isn't. No, like I don't like him. I really don't like him. I think he's like my <laughs> least like... favorite director of all time. Oh no! But I what about him. Romeo plus Juliet? I love Romeo plus, but it makes sense. His style made sense for that movie, <laughs> for yeah. me personally. Um, mm-hmm. and I haven't rewatched Milan Rouge in a million years, but I hated it as a kid. Um, Damn. But yeah, I just don't like Boz. I just never have. It's just like not my thing. Um. It's, like, truly the most straight camp, like, the straightest camp of all time. Well, speaking of straight camp, because Baz Luhrmann is, what, straight? Um, why do straight people like this movie? Um, well, I think we've already named a lot of it. We named a lot of it. Vigilante shit. They love it. Love it. Love taking matters into their own hands, baby. We're going like to figure it out. I can see a lot out. of straight dads watching this movie. Like, you know what? We see how he fucked this all up and that the, he made bad decisions, but also, like, I would have done the same thing. Mm-hmm. Who is my daughter? <laughs> you know, like it's it's really good that he doesn't get it. Like he doesn't get away with it. Thank God. Uh, but yeah, fathers. <laughs> yeah, um, fathers definitely. This is our third uh, very father-heavy Hugh Jackman movie. Yeah, he has a thing about it, huh? He loves being a daddy. He does love it. I he mean, loves protecting his children. He He's like unattractive in this movie though, which is pretty wild. Yeah, that goatee. I know. I'd still fucking. I mean, I'd still fuck hard. him, but it's, like, not top I'd five for him. me for him. Like, you know what I mean? I could name, like, so many other movies I'd rather fuck him in. I think Jake is, out, like, from the, at the bottom of fuckability in this. Yeah, I think this is, like, no, Nightcrawlers is least fuckable. Nightcrawlers is yeah. least fuckable. But this is, like, second to last. Like, I think that, like, the slicked back hair, the, like, the weird tattoos. tick. Like, yeah, it just yeah. not. I mean, he's great in me. the movie, but it's kind of cool that, like, he looks like a regular-ass person in this movie. Um, mm-hmm. It kind of makes you realize that, like, you know, Jake Jolnell's actually kind of weird looking. Um, yeah. He's, like, kind of weird He's, like, looking. a little cross-eyed. Yeah, he's like a, and he's got really buggy eyes. Yeah. That's what it is about, like, like him and, like, Nightcrawler is so disorienting because he's just, like, such a fucking little, little guy in that movie. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Um, fathers for sure. Dads. Fathers daddies. for sure. Symbols in crimes. If you see a random symbol that connects everything together, oh baby. Oh yeah. It's over. What I like about prisoners though is everything's such a misdirect in this movie, which I'm sure pisses straight people off sometimes. Yeah. They're like, oh, the maze is like, because I feel like everything in this movie is actually symbolic, like literally symbolic. Like it's not. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't using actually, symbols. It like literally is like a metaphor. It's like not. Yeah. It doesn't have anything to do with like finding the girls. Um, no. <laughs> so I thought that was cool. I was like, ha ha. <laughs> They're just in a room. They're just in Melissa Leo's second bedroom. Um, but I think finally, uh, I think this is the movie that is very important in the Denise slash Deacons Oscar meme. Um, because like, I feel like when we think of like award shows and stuff like that, we, th- we look at them through like a queer lens cause we're both fucking faggots that love right. award shows, but like straight people also like award shows <laughs> yeah. and, and their Amy Adams is Denis Villeneuve. Yes. He's like famously su- snubbed by the Oscars. He didn't get the director nomination for Arrival, didn't get it, or he got it for Arrival, but he didn't get it for Dune. Um, and He's never won, but he's he's making all these great movies that straight people love. Yeah, and that get other nominations. It's like if there was like a by decade like directors for straight bros like thing. You know, it's like the '90s is all about Tarantino. 
mm-hmm. you know, who would be like the 2000s guy? David Fincher, maybe? David Fincher. And then the 2010s, it's Denis Villeneuve, for sure. Oh, yeah. And yeah. he's been nominated, uh, what is it? Enemy is the only movie that of his since On Sundays that didn't get nominated for an Oscar. Like, Sicario got three, Arrival got eight, Blade Runner got five and one, two. Doom got ten and won six. Like his movies are like recognized, but it's like specifically him that isn't. And so people yeah. like fucking love an underdog. It's because his name's hard baby. to say. I think it's hard to say. Yeah, could you imagine? Like who who won best director last year? Was that um? Was oh a woman? yeah, uh, fucking it was what's her name? Uh, the Power of the Dog. The oh, piano. Jane Campion. Jane Campion. Could you imagine Jane Campion saying to Villeneuve? <laughs> with her New Zealand accent. Oh God! No, she can't do it. She, she's not even going to try to do it. So that's why they're not nominated. Her. I wonder who's going to give out the Oscar for best actor or best actress this year. Because you know how they always have like the opposite the opposite categories winner give it. So like whatever they'll like. Um, what's it called? Wait, um, Jessica Chastain. Will Smith. <gasps> so who's going to give the Oscar? Oh, they'll just get like Tom Hanks or someone like that. Yeah. Although I think. <laughs> I have this theory that, like, the, it, we're about to see the end of Tom Hanks. Like, oh, really? I just feel like a lot of things have been bubbling under the surface about him recently that are negative, and I feel like he's about to get Ellen'd. Could you imagine if Tom Hanks is over party? I think that, like, I just have a weird feeling that, like, Tom Hanks might okay. be over. Write it down. Write it down and take a picture of it. Yeah, and with the date on it, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> next to a newspaper. Like, he had to. Like, I... I... I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. I mean, um, I'd be surprised, but, like, anything's possible now, baby. Yeah. Like, whenever you, like fucking who would have thought that Will Smith, because we all love Will Smith, you know, Amer- America's other dad, Will Smith, and now he's America's, you know, persona non grata. Yeah, the movie star is over, man. It's over. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like Austin Butler's going to win this actor, and it's going to feel weird. It's going to be weird. I think the Elvis backlash is going to be immediate mentality. But, like, it's like, who, that. like, did anyone, like, who... Had you ever heard of him before Elvis? I didn't. I had only heard about him because of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. He was in that? Yes. Was he like one of the Manson people or something? I'm pretty yeah, I'm pretty sure he's one of the Spawn Ranch guys. Let me see. Uh, who was he in that? Once Upon a Time? God, the Wikipedia is so big for this. God, I know, because everyone's in that fucking movie. Uh, Austin Butler, he plays, yeah, he plays Tex. Who is he's he's the, oh, the central yeah. member of the Manson family. I actually remember him in that movie, and I liked him in it. Yeah, yeah, he's That's definitely it, like he's keeping method acting alive, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's great in Elvis. That'd be so I cool. Mean, I didn't. I didn't. I'm not gonna watch. I'm just not gonna watch it. I'm sorry, everyone. I just can't. I can't. Do it. <laughs> uh, you're gonna miss out on um, the incredible scene. The, the I, I think you should watch the scene where he films a special. I think it's like, you don't have to watch the rest of the movie. I think like that middle, like 20 minutes, it's like so special and so good. Um, and it, it's like a short film unto itself, but like, I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. But like, if you, if you want to watch something just to like have, you know, Oscar background, whenever you're watching the Oscars, just watch the special. And like, I think it's like an hour and a half into it. Okay. And it's chingone. Okay. Speaking of the Oscars, is there anything gay about this movie? Yes. Not much girly pop, <laughs> but there's, there is. But there's one. And her name is Melissa. Yeah. Um, what a great background for a villain. <laughs> so good. <laughs> She's literally like, my child died of cancer, so I decided to renounce God, basically become a Satanist, and kill children for fun to make parents feel Love that what shit. I felt. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's funny because we had talked about recently how we both didn't like that movie speak no evil mm-hmm. and we were like man there's no reason that like i don't want to like spoil it for people who haven't seen it but like don't watch it it's bad but like there's like no motivation behind like the central evil of the movie where it's like this it's like it's cuckoo bananas but like it, there's a motivation there yeah it is cuckoo bananas um <laughs> and she like barely sells it and is barely good in it but i love it um <laughs> i love it uh, yeah everyone else is like capital a acting and melissa leo she did this on she her just day puts off on some glasses and a wig 
<laughs> it's like her old age makeup or whatever. It's like it's it's like in sketch shows whenever people just like draw lines on you to give you wrinkles. Like it looks like on SNL whenever like people play grandmas. It's like that. It's so funny. It's like why could they've gotten like I mean imagine if they got actually an older lady to play that role. Like imagine like Ellen Burstyn as that role. I oh mean, my like, god. I was gonna say Margot Martindale. Oh my god. And Margot. Well, and Dowd. Oh my god. But, like, yeah, like, getting an actual older actress to play that. Like, you know how everyone was, like, you know how, like, Last Night in Soho was the worst movie ever made? Correct, And yes. they made, like, poor, like, Dame uh, Diana, what's her last name? Um, uh, Rig. Yeah, poor Dame Diana Rig do all that. I think mm-hmm. that the way to go out before you die would have been to play that role in Prisoners. <laughs> like, that would have been, like, like this was before Amor, right? Or it was, like, right after Amor? Was Emmanuel Riva still this alive? Like same year. Give it to Emmanuel no, maybe, Riva. No, this is a couple years after. Make Emmanuel yeah. Riva play that role. <laughs> she might be too old. She was, okay, like, okay, 90 in Amor. A little younger. But, yeah, I just think it would have been Slay. If, like, yeah. I just think the lines coming out of her mouth, coming out of, like, Ellen Burstyn would have been, like, so Slay. Incredible. Oh, my God. Yeah. It would have been so Slay. Uh, but nothing else really. There's not much. Else. Maybe that sock. The what? The bunnies. The the the, the girl's sock that he finds. I'm trying the to think of anything. The bloody sock. The bloody sock. The I don't bloody children's know, sock. <laughs> I don't know. There's. I'm trying to think of anything that's like not like black or. I gray guess Maria Bello like crying and being in bed on medications, kind of gay. Maria Maria Bello. Okay, so the kids that are like in this movie. What what are they like? Five. They're like or six, seven or eight girl. I cannot tell how old children are. <laughs> Genuinely have no idea how old kids are. But still, like, she, like, sees, like, an open window and is like, my daughter was here. And it's like, You're, I doubt that girl could open up a window and run away from you that fast, girly pop. Like, she's like, it wasn't her. It's kind you of got, amazing to think got that Melissa Leo and that charred up man's old asses, like, could actually get away with doing any of because it's like because I kind of do believe that that girl could get away because like what's Melissa yeah. Leo's ass gonna do like fucking sprint shooter <laughs> like mama's uh. tired after a couple steps like mm-hmm. you see how yeah see how slow she moves yeah mama so, uh. yeah oh I yeah yeah so yeah you know there, the reason why there's nothing gay about this movie is because it's humorless like yeah, it's a humorless movie. I feel like mm-hmm. for us, if it's going to be humorless, like say like Brokeback Mountain, for example, it needs to be so dramatic, like melodramatic that like you mm-hmm. can find humor in it. Like like Jack Nasty, for example. Like it's like yeah. a, it's like a harrowing scene when you're watching it, but it's also like fun to make fun of, you know, mm-hmm. Jack Nasty. Um, <laughs> Michelle, you slayed. Um, but like this, it's like you can't like do a line from Prisoners and like make it camp because then you're like insensitive. No. <laughs> yeah, then you're. There's you're just like some untouchables. There's like some untouchable topics. One of them is like I don't know, like kidnapping children. Like it's just not. Yeah, it's not like yes. You know? Yeah, you're not like when Melissa, uh, they put Melissa duct tape uh, on me. Uh, like you know what I mean? Like not funny. You know? Ow. <laughs> uh, Melissa is injecting that six-year-old with some fucking acid or whatever. I slay. do think it's pretty slay that they dot. I mean, it's a little heavy-handed, so this is kind of camp. But like, it is pretty heavy-handed. But slay that uh, that he kills them by she kills them by putting snake venom in them. Like I'm like, okay, girl, someone read yeah, somebody read the Bible, Mama. Better oh, <laughs> say somebody watched Batman and Robin. <laughs> somebody went snakes are signs of Satan, so mm-hmm. we're gonna use snake venom to kill our children. Like okay, incredible shit. Okay, bitch. Like, like it, it is a little camp. The the villainy is a little camp. If it were like <laughs> just totally a little different, it might have worked as camp for sure. If Melissa Leo had a mustache, she probably would be twirling it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. like the reveal's like pretty funny. Like I, I mean, like I yeah. wasn't laughing, but like inside, I chuckled a little bit. Yeah, I was like, well, <laughs> of course, at least Melissa Leo's ass is the fucking villain. <laughs> so good. Um, all right, well, this uh, we're now at our gay recommendation sections where we recommend something a little gayer than what we just watched. And this week we're recommending a movie that both of us independently watched recently. So because, weird. Uh, it's so weird. Well, I watched it on Christmas like a psycho. Maybe that – I remember you telling me that. I think that implanted in my head, and I remember – I inceptioned yeah, I I you. Because it's been a while. To watch um, – not directed by, but featuring – Xavier Dolan. Yeah. We're talking about, <laughs> we're talking Martyrs, baby. It's so funny that he's straight in that movie. I know. <laughs> yeah, that's why he gets fucking shot in the chest. Um, 
Oh my god, yeah, I showed this to my friend uh, David. Hi, I think you're probably listening. Um, Hi, and uh, yeah, it's like I. He like is like you know one of those hounds like he loves like a fucked up movie and I was like have you seen Martyrs he's like no and I was like oh girl this is like literally like <laughs> this is like a like a three tier cake like torture porn fucked up. like this is like up there like this is like one of the oh, great yeah. fucked up movies <laughs> like you have to see it um and it's so good it's so fucking it's so good. fucking good it's so um, good it's gay because something I didn't realize this has been a long time since I watched Martyrs. I don't want to give away too much about it because I really want people to watch it, but I will say that <laughs> one of the reasons that the main character is able to do something that she needs to do in the movie is because she's like in love with her best friend. Um, so yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. wow, Slay. <laughs> like literally loves her so much that she's able to do something that's impossible. Um, <laughs> that's cool. Um, yeah, don't want to, yeah, you, you want to go into this movie knowing as little as possible. It's literally um, five movies in one movie. <laughs> just know that whenever I showed um, past and future guest Kyle Romero this movie, I made him watch it. He, we didn't watch it together, but I was like, you should really watch this movie. Uh, he, he texted me and was like, do you hate women? <laughs> and I was like, no, I love them. That's why no, I love Martyrs. That's why I like Martyrs. I actually, one of the, my, I, I don't have the quote in front of me, but I remember that the point of Martyrs, and it's very apparent when you're watching it, is like the director, you know, saw like saw and hostile and all like the big torture porn movies of that era. And was like, I want to make a torture movie. That's like the opposite of these movies. Like I want a movie that's brutal and gory and fucked up, but that is like emotional and like you mm-hmm. feel it. And that the torture is necessary in the film to tell the story. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that he accomplishes that. Um, and it's just as good as it was when I saw it in 2008 at a sleepover with my friend in high school when we watched The Evil mm-hmm. Dead 1981 and then that. Hell yeah. At like Martyrs at like three o'clock in the fucking morning. Shout out Taylor. Yes. But yeah, bitch. Like emotionally devastating. Very good. Dated in some ways, but mostly holds up really well. Yeah. Uh, I got to see it very, I got to see it in theaters wow. at the Draft House. Wow. Yeah. Uh, when I've, Moved to San Antonio, one of the first things I did was they had a, a month of um, New French Extremity. Mm. And so every Saturday, it was it, it was Martyrs, Inside, High Tension, I think Trouble All the Time. And trouble I every missed day. Trouble, trouble Every Day. There we go. That's the one I missed, but I saw, got to see the other three, and it was life-changing. Yeah. <laughs> Genuinely, actually life-changing. I would say Martyrs is like the best out of that crop. I, I think most people would say trouble every day is probably the best. Cause it's like clarity and it's like artsy, but um, I think martyrs is amazing. Um, martyrs is incredible. It's so good. It's like one of the great horror films, not for the faint of heart. Uh, I will just say mm-hmm. that right now. Um, if you are like adverse to like extreme violence, um, I mean, just even like adverse to like violence, like, like, I mean, mm-hmm. I just like, yeah, if you don't have a strong stomach, and heart, you probably can't get through martyrs. Because uh, I, I got a pretty strong stomach for this sort of stuff, and it's pretty, it's a lot. It's disgusting. It's a lot. It's fucking, the scene it's so gross. in the bathtub, mama. <laughs> you can feel like, every bit of pain that movie, like, displays to yes. you. You, like, feel it in you. It's yeah. so amazing how they're able to not desensitize you. To, there's so much violence in this movie from beginning to finish. Mm-hmm. But even by the end, you're not <coughs> desensitized at all. It's actually really astounding. Um, yeah. And it, it's there's different, like, types of pain in the movie that, she, that it portrays very well. So good. It really is a good choice. It really is like the gay prisoners. It really is. It's gay prisoners. It is. Prisoners, martyrs. Prisoners, martyrs. Prisoners, martyrs. Men are prisoners. <laughs> Faggots are martyrs. Exactly. Mm. All right. Well, I think that's the end of our episode this week. Uh, my name is Dylan Garcia. You can follow me on Instagram. I did it out of order. Oh, it's usually Twitter at DylanGarcia.com and then Instagram and Letterboxd at Garcia. Where I just got my pro subscription, so I can now do shit. Ooh, we do love a stat Find page, bitch. Mm-hmm. Um, my name is Kirk Van Sickle. You can find me on Instagram at Kirk underscore Van Sickle. You can also find me on Twitter and on Letterboxd at K-R-K-V-N-S-C-K-L-E. Yes. I like to post ratings. I like to recommend things. So if you really give a fuck yes. about what I think about movies and, and let's be honest, music. Uh, it's probably yeah. more music, actually. <laughs> um, yeah, follow me. <laughs> Follow us, yeah. Yeah, yell at me. Well, Fight me. Uh, I love it. Please. Yeah. I love it. I, I tweeted something the other day about um, 
Megan making more money than the Fablemans, and people keep that I don't know, that I don't follow, that don't follow me, keep like replying to me, and I'm like, oh god, never, don't do this, don't do this. Yeah, bringing up box office numbers on Twitter, film Twitter girl, is just oh, you, yeah, you're a mistake. I'll never you make it up again. A can of worms. <laughs> I will never do it again, baby. I don't know how you're finding these tweets. Yeah, mama. Ugh. All right, well, I'm gonna go cook some orange chicken, and I'm very excited because. Um, I don't know. I love orange chicken. And I'm going to go drink some acid-infused uh, Gatorade. <laughs> and lock myself it, in looked like, it looked like grape soda. Like. <laughs> yeah. It looked yummy. It looked yummy. Honestly, I'd drink it all. Yeah. Uh, you said a third would only do the trick? No, baby. I want the whole bottle. Yeah, right. But also, <laughs> if a third takes Hugh Jackman out, did she tell the little girls just to do like a sip? Yeah. <laughs> Here's a cap full for you. <laughs> Yeah, when, and, well, they show the, okay. Sorry, they show the bottles and they're like half empty. Like, and it's like I guess they've been drinking on them. Over I think the that Melissa Leo just be drinking on it a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Melissa Leo goes sip sip on the acid grape juice. Uh, well, all right. I'll talk to you later. Bye. 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 Now came talk. Talk.